Hello, hello, and welcome back to A Life Extraordinary. I'm your show host, Roberto, sitting in a beautiful chair with a giant stone desk overlooking the Pacific Ocean. And uh, today, today I'm excited to talk to you about how to become a pro photographer. And I've invited a friend of mine, Mathieu, to come on board, a photographer himself, and chat a little bit about how I make this lifestyle happen, how he uh, has his, found his own niche, and uh, perhaps a little bit about who might have inspired him along the way, and, uh, and giving you an idea that, that there's so many different ways in which you can make a living uh, by being a pro photographer. So I'll go a little bit on about the different styles and ways and how I found my niche. And then I'll move on into my interview with Mr. Matthew and chat about um, how we find the industry, whether it's difficult and daunting and the cash flow of being a creative and what it means to be a creative. Now, we have an age gap um, of about... I don't know, he must be about 25 or so. <laughs> and I am uh, 39, but we'll ask him a little bit to make sure I might be off. <laughs> so it's really neat to, to chat about, you know, how he sees this, this photography world and how uh, I have made a living from it. So one of the neat things about uh, becoming a pro photographer is that you get to live an absolutely extraordinary life. And I think that's what the allure is for many people to become uh, a photographer. It's that I can travel, I can see the world, I can meet people, I can do, uh, uh, let my creative juices flow and do an activity that, that inspires me and to, to get better at it and to enjoy it. And, uh, but what a lot of people don't see is obviously there is a lot of different, um, challenges in becoming a pro photographer. Um, but those challenges are completely, completely possible uh, to overcome. I, I used to say, and I still say, that uh, I've had many great uh, photographers that used to come up in my heyday years ago and say, oh, Roberto, how do you make a living? It's so inspiring that you could live off of this. And we see you going all over the place. And into, and they would say, oh, I'd love that it's my aspiration. And And down the road, funny enough, many of them uh, became even with greater reach uh, than I have, and uh, perhaps even much more money in some cases. So, uh, so I think anybody can do it. I think there's many, many different paths to take. There's many, many different hats to to wear in the photography world. And today we're really focusing on the photography aspect. You know, there's a whole videography aspect. There's a whole influencer side to all of this. But today, really, the focus is about how to make a living as a as a pro photographer. Now, for myself, the coolest jobs, gigs that I've ever had, uh, include for Tourism Canada for the 150th anniversary. Um, my lady and I got to go uh, to Baffin Island and we got to explore the tundra and, and visit uh, the, these remote areas uh, of, of the northern Canada that, that was quite inspiring. And it was a show that we did both in English and in French. Um, and it was blasted around the entire country and internationally as the largest tourism campaign uh, that Canada as a country has ever done. So it was really special to be episode number one on that, uh, on that uh, series of shows. So that's probably one of the coolest gigs that we've had. It was a, a brief one because it was only one trip. The next uh, on the list is most definitely when we, when we went with Discovery 
channel and uh, Jeep. And each episode, we took a different Jeep uh, across to a, to do a different desti- uh, adventure in Canada. So one adventure, we went uh, sea kayaking in the uh, eastern uh, fjords of Quebec. On another one, we were rock climbing in the in Alberta in the Rockies. On a different one, we were uh, camping. Um, another one, we were mountain biking. And so we took a different Jeep to each of these different destinations. It was called A Life is Calling. La vie vous appelle en français. And uh, it was done in English and in French. And they, it was done with scorched earth marketing, which is basically when a brand says, we're going to blast this everywhere in every which way possible. Um, and actually, that series uh, won a uh, an award for... Uh, branded content, uh, and it had 90 million impressions. Imagine that, a 90 million impressions. So I like to, to chat a lot to prospective brands about the work that I've done with uh, on gigs like these ones because one of the things in becoming a pro photographer is uh, the consistency of a brand seeing that uh, you'll be back uh, and, and continue uh, wor- working in, in the domain. So um, there's credibility. There's the credibility of if you worked uh, for X company or X uh, uh, tourism board, then, then they, they know that, uh, that you have the credibility to, to be professional and to work on a new gig. So I always like to say that the first knocking on the doors were always the hardest. But the first time I had, uh, I was shooting a luxury hotel. It gave me the content to uh, to be able to shoot uh, to, to be able to shoot more luxury hotels because I could say hey look at what I did in Turks and Caicos for this luxury hotel and they'd be like wow okay yeah that's really cool we could see what you want to do uh, for us with that and and on that aspect of, of of stuff again that's photography based and that's one of the things that you'll you'll learn is that there's a lot of naysayers on social media that say that mock brands or mock people that work for uh, content, uh, work for gear or work for an exchange of staying in a place and, and don't get paid. But the reality is that many of the gigs that I got began like that. And that's how I started the relationships with a lot of the brands and building that trust and that credibility. Um, and I know a lot of people want to jump that step now, but but that's one of the ways to get your, your foot in the door to be a pro photographer. Uh, exchanges are fantastic. And oftentimes, uh, it, it's required for your business to, to run. You know, for, for us, when we go to a destination, it can't be possible if I don't get the hotels and the villas sponsored. So in essence, that exchange is, is a fundamental core to my business to make it uh, possible. Because so I could stay a month in Turks and Caicos, three in, in Tulum, uh, et cetera, and whatever it may be. So that's definitely some of the, the coolest gigs, some of the ways uh, it's important to exchange, uh, I think, to begin with. Uh, a lot of people do see the uh, beautiful side of all of this uh, and say to themselves, oh, well, it's all easy and dandy, but uh, no, you've got to hustle and you've got to know how to go after brands and how to write succinct emails and uh, how to be presentable and how to curate perhaps uh, your pages so that it interests them. And even, you know, I often talk about uh, I've, I've spoken to some influencers, some very large ones, uh, for example, like for uh, Loki, the wolf dog, uh, one time told me, wow, you know, we were chatting about income. And he's like, that's impressive, you know, considering that he knows what people that had millions of fans would make versus what we were uh, bringing in. And all of that is to say that it's important to be a good salesman, whether you're selling your pictures to a brand, to an exchange for a really nice hotel, 
to an exchange for some really nice gear, uh, to creating content for thousands and thousands of dollars uh, for whomever it may be. And, uh, and that's just a really also a, a big aspect of it. Um, in the photography business, you've got so many different varied ways in which you can make a living. Now, uh, this podcast today was inspired by a lady, Dalbina, friend of mine from many, many years, lives on the other end of the country and is a, a photographer herself and, and has always gone on spectacular adventures in creating beautiful content. And, uh, and she sent me a message asking about, uh, you know, if I could talk about this and how, how to start in this different domain. So there's many different ways. And I think, uh, the key into making a solid living out of photography is that if you can combine as many of them as possible at the beginning, so you have different sources of income. And what I mean by that is perhaps one day you're doing portrait photography, but the next one you're doing, uh, adventure lifestyle. And on a different day, you're doing, uh, the, the hotels, because that's one of the things that we do. If I'm doing a hotel, then I'm doing architectural photography. And, uh, and I find it's really, my flair is to add something that's really unique. So like a time lapse of the stars going behind the hotel with motion in it. And that's something the hotel would not often have. And it's spectacular to show, um, for what they're doing. So in that I'm combining nature and beautiful photography in that regard with a product. And uh, the next thing uh, in my case is that I shoot a lot of product photography. And for brands, it's important that, uh, sure, if you see a, a person standing on a mountain um, and, and it looks very aspirational, do you know what shoes they're wearing? Do you know what jacket they have on? Do you want to know what backpack they have on? No, you know, not, none of those. So uh, the brands really also need content that shows what the shoes are, what the jacket is, what the pants are. And this is a whole different type of photography called commercial photography. Um, and if you can blend that with your aspirational photography that you, you supply to a brand, then, then they get really extra, extra stoked. Um, but definitely getting the foot in the door uh, by exchanging is one of the uh, neat, neat ways to get in. So a few of the brands that I've shot for, Jeep, Discovery, Pelican Cases, Mountain Hardware, North Face, Keen, Four Seasons, Fairmont, Pelican Kayaks, Toyota, Tourism Canada, Tourism Newfoundland and Labrador, Mustangs, Revival, Boggs, Knockaround, Sony, Canon, Trek Bikes, Airstream, Ikelite, Thule, Quiet Cat, Hotels Galore, Dozens of Villas, Big Blue and Limited, Tour Operators, Scuba Liveaboards, Restaurants, and so much more. And all that to say with some brands I used to exchange, some brands I still do. Other ones, uh, you, you create and you have great annual ambassadorship fees, uh, that, that are really quite fantastic. So, um, you know, to what, when do you become a pro photographer? And in, and it's funny in, in, you kind of feel that, that imposter syndrome for the first time. I was going to tell you the first time that I pitched a hotel, which was actually in Turks and Caicos, that I was pitching a luxury hotel, some of the pictures that I sent them were not mine. Daring. I know. Terrible. It was a fake it till you make it on that first instant. And once I had shot luxury hotels, I never had to do that again because I could send them my own content. So uh, being creative. And on that gig, my wife had said, I'll pay the plane tickets for our honeymoon. And I said, I'll get everything else sponsored. And the first 10 companies that I reached out to all responded no. And I was mortified because Turks and Caicos is a very expensive island. And I was like, uh-oh, we're going in a peak season. I don't have that much money. And how are we going to make this happen? And in the end, I wrote to another 10. And they all said yes. And it became a destination that we go to time and time again because we've become 
friends and photographers for a lot of different hotels and brands and outfitters out in Turks and Caicos. Excuse me, let me take a sip of water here. Mm. So, uh, but the day that I defined myself as a, as a pro photographer, I think came much, much later on. And while many have seen me as so for many more years than I've seen myself as one. And that's kind of funny because I'm, I've I'd shot for maybe a few dozen companies and I still considered myself just to be uh, a regular photographer. But in reality, I've worked with some of the coolest brands uh, in the world. But at this trade show, there's a guy named Nick R. Lake and he's got an Instagram as well. And, and, uh, and it was really cool because we we're walking along uh, the trade show and uh, there's another girl. I'm not sure if she was an influencer or not. And she turns to Nick, who, who is a photographer and an influencer. And, uh, and she says, oh, hi. And he's like, oh, this is Roberto. And this is so-and-so. And, and she says, uh, and he's like, oh, he's a photographer. And she rolled her eyes in a way of saying like, oh, geez, another photographer. Oh, yeah. And she goes, oh, yeah. Who does, she, who does he shoot for? And uh, Nick said, everyone. So I thought that very poignant and, uh, I don't see this fellow very often, but when your peers, uh, define you in ways like that, uh, it's really neat. And that one stayed with me for a very, very long time. So, um, I'll talk a little bit more about types of photography and then I'd love to get anybody that would like to come on the line. Mathieu, we know we're going to speak to, um, Dalbina, if you're out there, that'd be cool too. Um, two different type of photographers. It'd be neat to know if any of you, what you're looking for in photography, what you'd, what you'd like to get out of it and, uh, and what you're looking to, how, how to monetize it. And, uh, and I can give ideas and whatnot. Uh, types of photography. Uh, so wedding photographers, uh, wedding photographers can charge anywhere from 500 to several thousand dollars. There's the whole world of stock photography. Now, even I had stock photography and in the early days, by selling in stock photography, I would run to the Mech store in Montreal and my lady and I would grab all the magazines and leaf through all of them in search of any of our images because with stock photography, you don't know where they're using your image. Now, it's, a, it's in many ways a nominal fee what stock photography companies tend to pay for the usage of your picture. Sometimes it's like 15% or, or at most 25%. And, um, and they don't charge that much as a general rule. But anyways, I, this was, and it takes dozens of hours to upload. But all this being said, when you're a budding photographer, you try whatever avenue you can because each of them creates the package of becoming a successful pro photographer. So for example, I would rummage through all these magazines in search of my pictures that stock, that companies had bought on stock photography websites, iStock Photo, and used in, in ads. And because I'm in, my images are outdoor industry, we would often be successful and find pictures. And this gave me the same, uh, credit. While it didn't make much money, it gave me the credibility that when I would go to outdoor, that in the, sorry about that, in the early, early days, um, what that would create, uh, <laughs> sorry, I lost my train of thought. There was a call coming in. Um, so I'd been on my adventure photography. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> I, I completely lost, uh, oh yeah. So the early days that gave me tons of credibility, uh, that being on all these other sites, I could show it to new brands, 
um, and, and say to them, hey, look at, uh, look at what I've done in the past. And while that wasn't, like I said, a big money value, it was great when it came to uh, making some income uh, with other brands that said, hey, that's really cool. Different way that you could also make, uh, do some photography, and that's a different aspect in which I do in my hometown of Whistler, is be an Airbnb experience photographer. And as long as you can demonstrate to Airbnb that your content is pretty neat, uh, when it comes to whatever you're offering as an experience, then you're able to uh, open your experience. And I love doing it when I'm in town. You know, I really can't do it when I'm not there most of the time. But uh, it's a great way to make uh, an added income and to hone your skills if that's the type of imagery. Like, you know, for myself, I've always been focused just on shooting my family um, and, and myself and, and the kids um, and, and my lady. But by shooting other people's, it adds... Uh, to, to my whole concept of being a good pro photographer. You also get to meet a lot of uh, neat people as well. So uh, I'd love to open up the line. Uh, maybe if uh, Matthew would like to chat a little bit about his world of photograph- photography. Let's take the next caller here. Super easy to do. Okay, Matthew, all you got to do is unmute your mic and you can chat. Hello, hello. Hey. Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here, and welcome to A Life Extraordinary. So, Mathieu, you are a photographer in your own right. What type of photography do you like? Um, You know, it's varied since the beginning, as you might have (laughs) witnessed, since we've we've known each other for quite a bit. About how long um, do you say? Since I started? How long have we known each other? Oh, since I was 15, maybe, so make that 11 years. Okay. Yeah, I'm 26, 25. <laughs> and, it's been 11 years. Uh, all right. So how did you, where did you find me? Um, I think I was looking for photos of auroras and trying to connect with people that did photos of auroras too, because that's how I started for the mm-hmm. Northern Lights. And um, yeah, I fell on your account, started commenting, felt super inspired to go on road trips, but I didn't have a car yet. I was only <laughs> a kid. We, we became kind of pen pals. Um, so, so that was super neat. All right. So tell me what your journey, as you're saying, you started with Aurora's and, uh, what route has photography taken you through? Man, it's, it's taken me in so many different paths, honestly, and met so many amazing people from different backgrounds and different parts of the world. Um, just alone online, it's so easy to connect with people that have the same passion as you from different ends of the earth. So, I mean... What more to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. I, I, yeah. I hear you. So, I, okay, so I've noticed in your imagery that you went in, in part from nature to a very dreamy-like type of content, which includes very lovely women as well, and, exactly. and shows the, the curves and, and the beauty of, of, of the woman. Um, so is that a niche that you really enjoy right now? For the past three years, it's what I've been niching quite a bit as my art and pushing that forward and knowing that that's exactly what I want to give to the world is like, it's my service. This is what I, this is what I want to push out is uh, the acceptance of the human body and the beauty of it. And uh, there's a word that's probably not in the dictionary, but it's a new word, the dehypersexualization of the body, which is like super important because it feels like sometimes things are sexualized when it's clearly not and it's yeah. just beautiful it's just beautiful so <laughs> that's that's what i want to share that's what i want to 
to give. And, so. and I have to add a parenthesis there. Um, once yeah. upon a time, a young man and, uh, wrote to me and said, uh, oh, how yeah. come you post so many sensual pictures of Bella? And for those that don't know, uh, in, er, particularly early in our career, we have always loved to post very sensual pictures. Uh, not so sensual in a, in a gaudy or in like a kind of way, but more like just appreciating the beauty. And Bella has been my muse for all these years. So he wrote, well, why do you write, uh, do you do that so much? And I thought to myself, well, because we love it. And I think I might have answered something along that. It's just, it's just how, what we like to shoot. And even ourselves have gone through a journey of what type of content uh, we create. But, but I'm glad that you mm-hmm. uh, came to that realization that, uh, that beauty doesn't have to be sexual. And it's and particularly, you capture it very well uh, on camera. And I'm sure that uh, all, all of your... Uh, th- did you study photography? I did. I did. Um, it's a community college, I think. In Quebec, it's called a DEP, so it's professional studies. Yeah. Uh, it was two years, 1,800 hours, um, continuous course. Yeah. But I don't and know you... if it helped me that much, but right. it's a good structure. That's, I think that's important to, to understand. You know, I never got to study uh, photography. I was uh, a sociology and anthropology major in university and then a businessman. Mm-hmm. But it did give me different tools, which I think are also important to, to become uh, a pro photographer. Now, what does it mean to you? When will Mathieu, uh, like you, you get hired for gigs uh, where it's a production and you're the photographer on that gig. So, so do yep. you define yourself as a pro photographer? Do you, do you feel others see you as so? Um, and what's your dream of taking your photography? Like what would be the ideal world? Is it to, to photograph these stunning, beautiful ladies and, and amplify and, sh- and just show, I guess, the, the beauty of, of portrait photography and women? Uh, is it adventure travel? So, yeah. Well, um, to answer the first question, crap, what was it? <laughs> no, no, no. So where do you want your, your photography to take you? Oh, well, there's, there's something that I've been following that's almost as long as I've been following you is, um, I forget her name, but her Instagram is the Atlas of Beauty. Okay. And she goes around the world and takes portraits of the most beautiful women from like all these countries. And this is street photography, actually. And she ends up meeting these random people and taking portraits of them. Yep. Um, I feel like there's something in that way that I would like to do, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's... No, no that's, that's amazing. Something that's like a- that. Nothing yeah. too specific, what- but... What's your, uh, for our listeners, Matthew, what is your uh, Instagram handle? So my Instagram handle is uh, Math Harvey. So M-A-T-H, since my name is French, <laughs> dot yeah. Harvey. Very good. Which is not so French. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my so, mom's Anglophone. My dad's French. So. Okay, cool, cool. And she, <laughs> where, which you're in, uh, of course, I know you're in Canada, but listeners don't know. Where are you, where are you born and raised? I was born and raised in the Saguenay Fjord area in Chicoutimi, um, yep. in Quebec. So it's like a mid, not northern Quebec, but mid-Quebec, let's say. Yeah. And um, I also grew up a bit in Nova Scotia, grew up in a military family, so between two military bases. Um, cool. And yeah, my mom is from Halifax. Yeah. And, and um, the, yeah, go ahead. We grew up with uh, both official languages, so yeah. So fluently bilingual. Exactly. So what, do you, what is your struggle when it comes to making 
or is there a struggle when it comes to making an income in photography? And what would you love to learn uh, if you could or, or hone your skills when it, when it came to uh, selling your services? I think it, when it comes to selling yourself, actually, you're selling an experience with me and not just the images. So yeah. that, that, that would be stock footage, right? You don't need to mess with clients and stuff. But when you're a photographer, I think you really need to, it's, it's what you're, who your person is, you know, this is also what you're selling. It's an experience. So yeah. I think that that's something that's really important and also difficult to value because it does go with like your self-confidence, right? Like, do I feel worthy of this price? Absolutely. And if you don't feel it completely, well, they're going to feel it on the other end too. So definitely, it's so important to really, you know, a neat really thing is specific. when I started uh, charging double, yeah. I, I was more confident and, and brands would just be like, okay. So in the early days, I'd be like, oh, I, I did an exchange of gear and I took, talked about earlier that I still do uh, exchanges sometimes because they're the core of the business. If it's something that I really need that isn't my niche and then adds to my business, then, then most definitely. And I, I think it's, it's shunned upon, but, uh, but I will <laughs> never because I think there's, there's many ways in which that is a good part of the business. That being said... Um, with the income side of things, I used to tell companies, Hey, I'm going to bu- uh, bill you a thousand bucks. And they'd be like, Oh, hum, let me think about it. And, um, and, and then years later, when I started gradually, I would charge more and more on what I believed myself to be worth. I think even though others seemed me to be worth more, uh, but many years later, I, I make significantly more than that. So, so I think uh, definitely being confident when you approach the brands on what you do and, and when you hone your skills will add a lot. Um, well, Matthew, thank you. Thank you for coming uh, on board. I'm excited to uh, hopefully you'll be working with the Expeditioners uh, very soon. <laughs> I, think, I think we will. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, that, and that's uh, really neat because imagine that, that a fellow that used to follow our adventures uh, 11 years ago is now going to work within our concept to grow it and, and take it to the next level. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, yeah it's very cool. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on board to Colin and uh, really appreciate uh, the chat, Mathieu. And we'll, you and I will be continue, continue uh, chatting about, but I'll go on a little bit more about, uh, you can jump off the call and I'll go on a little bit more about uh, the world we live in. And uh, see you Great. soon, mon ami. Thank you very much. Thank you. You too. Well, a really, really neat human being. Uh, I have another neat story as well that I forgot to add is, uh, I think it would be right pre-pandemic, we had never met in person. And um, I'm hiking with my lady Bella and our two kids on our backs uh, down from a hike at Moraine Lake. And I bump into... uh, into Mathieu hiking up and he's no longer this scrawny uh, 15 year old blonde haired with a happy grin, but this like guy that's like six foot one Viking giant beard and uh, but same grin. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. And then, and now obviously taking the relationship to the next level. Um, but uh, if anybody else would like to call in, they're more than welcome. <laughs> uh, I think it's been really neat to, to have people chatting. Oh, yay, Delpina. I'm going to take the next caller here. Hello, Delpina. You just have to unmute your mic and uh, you will be live. Hello, hello. It's the bottom right button. There we go. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Hi, Delbina. <laughs> How great tips! Oh my uh, gosh, so far! Thank you, thank you. Oh, I'm so excited to hear your voice. How how are you doing in Eastern Canada? Oh yeah, Montreal is great. It's it's mild now and snowy and beautiful for taking some forest strolls. So yeah, yep. happy as a climb up here. Do you still do you still have the country house where you can? Yep. Catch, uh, yep. live in a little cabin in the woods on a little lake north of Montreal. So oh um, well. Yeah, in my element, it's kind of a nice spot. So, and, and you've—it looks beautiful when I see it. I'm like, and you're cozy with your mug of coffee. I can, in essence, feel the coffee heat in my mug, and I think that's what's really neat in pictures and how they connect us. Because that's you know, when I see your images, I'm like, ooh, I get the feeling. And I've also always gotten the cool feeling you've traveled in a van down by the river oh, in Western yeah. Canada. Load up that getaway van and and don't have too much of a plan, which is pretty um exhilarating and refreshing after um working in montreal for a bunch of months so yeah, yeah nice change of pace so did you have an airstream once upon a time yeah had an airstream for a bit and oh it's yep. fantastic it was massive and at, at a certain <laughs> point when you're doing so much traveling you realize smaller is way more practical when you're pounds and, <laughs> and cutting into neat little camp spots the, the best campgrounds you need the smaller uh units so so i but, uh, i no. I tip my hat to you, Mademoiselle, because uh, I always like to tell um, our airstream is 16 feet. So I think yours was 30. So it's like yeah, two of them. Would, and, and I always tell people like when you're driving, you wish you had the tiny rig. And when you're stopped, you wish you had the big one. <laughs> exactly. You know um, so, but yeah, your, your journey of photography. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm um, just what what a great real raw and motivating episode. So so fun uh, talking to uh, photog- uh, with photography with you and. Oh, uh, thanks, uh, Del. I feel grateful. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm so happy to have you here. So you inspired this podcast uh, with a very pointed question on the different types of ways uh, to make a living. So you've been researching and and how to take your photography economically and grow it, I guess, to the next level. Yeah. It's honestly been like a few weeks of getting cracking on it. But I think the thing that I learned the most so far is, I mean, out of the five people I reached out to and um, things I've learned most since reaching out to you, Roberto, and you so so kindly responded right away is uh, not to be shy to reach out to people. Like five out of the five people I reached out to not only got back to me but like came back with paragraphs and phone calls (laughs) and people just want to like people want to help and it's so motivating inspiring and it gives you so many fantastic tools to uh, get to where you want to be and uh, so that was one of the first things I really learned with like okay let's get on this train and 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 see where it goes Mm -hmm. absolutely and I, I think your your images have have a beautiful feeling uh, so yeah, I always thought, and I have, I find we all have our style and I, I love your style. Uh, and I've, I, images in my mind are like, um, a little blonde dude with, uh, the van and the surfboard and going out to the beach, um, really, really do make, make an impression. Um, what, what venue do you think you'll take, uh, or are you looking to take first to get word out or to start perhaps selling images? Um, I mean, 
tips from the few girls that I reached out to so far that I admire what they're doing is there's so many great uh, platforms now that are low risk and mm-hmm. um, and now with um, um, having Etsy available to us, I mean it's free. Uh, yeah. It's only five percent of the of your price, and I think they take a twenty five cent listing fee, which isn't bad. I think it's also it's a great way to start out, and so I'm sort of like following in their footsteps and their and. They're sort of guiding me of what they've sort of done. So I'm like, you know, let's let's go for it. And, and yeah. Etsy also integrates well with uh, these great print-on-demand platforms. Yeah. Um, like there's a company called uh, Gelato, and they're great. Even, even I'm them. writing names down here. <laughs> oh, it's so it's so neat because they print your photographs, they handle the shipping for you, and away you go. And I think ideally tapping into uh, an automated system for your art is personally my goal so that in the long run it's more sustainable for me it's i'd love to spend more time promoting and learning and shooting rather than printing and going to the post office every day and definitely and i and i think it takes the a, a big side of the business side of running the business that that somebody else can do better than you uh, than than focusing on on that stuff. I think our generation has a lot of these really cool tools that our parents just didn't have before. Um, and uh, no, that's that's really cool. No, well, I, I think your path is set to go on this photography uh, <laughs> journey. I know you're a businesswoman as well. Yeah, I always got my fingers dabbling in a couple businesses but yeah Yeah. we have a restaurant business here in montreal and and so it's a family-run business that our great uh, that our grandparents started in the 60s or 50s 54 it's not it's not just this is like a cornerstone of montreal (laughs) (laughs) this is the one the only dick ads my dad used to tell me that they would uh, flatten the burg so that somebody got locked inside uh, an apartment room and that in order to get them the food, they would flatten the burgers to put them under uh, the door. And I believed him for many years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a running joke for a while. It's so thin that you can slide him under the door. Ah, uh, but I like the double. Even that one you might be able to. But they come with this like gravy. And, and do you ever have to deal with or do you ever take care of product uh, photography when it comes to Decat? Yeah, it's sort of my little niche of uh, bringing my passion and hobby into my business. Ah, neato. Uh, so when I have a little bit of downtime or when yep. I do have to do some marketing, I get my camera out and all the props and I go crazy on the oranges and <laughs> like all the color tones. So it's my little avenue of creativity that gives me a break from the uh, busyness of the restaurant industry, well, especially the last year and a half. So yeah, no, it's definitely... A, been a lot of fun having that blank canvas to totally i i actually got my first dslr because i was shooting curtains uh oh, wow. when i was selling to them and i got the nikon d40x and i could only justify the 600 dollars price because it was for work um and uh and that's really funny because then i started to use that camera for my actual photography of what i my passion of camping and traveling and adventure so but it came from product photography and uh yeah (laughs) it's good product photography is pretty hard uh to to shoot too because indoor photography is so much 
trickier than like you know when we're outside in nice lighting conditions yes. but it was it, one of my girlfriends wrote me yesterday and she's like oh my gosh you got to check out this website uh domestica and it's pretty much targeted to like creative professionals and yeah. as a photographer there's courses that are fantastic on it like from food styling tips on shooting portraits color and lighting effects for like studio photography yeah and uh, you can really find classes on all sorts of art mediums from like doodling to architecture and pottery even. It's, it's pretty fantastic. I, but, I think uh, that in this day and age, there's tons of courses that you can find. And, and, and I, think it's pretty, I think it must be relatively easy to filter through what like, oh, this lo one looks like unique. Like even the one you just spoke about seems like it's got tons of tools for people to get ideas on. Yeah, shooting. it's a pretty good one. Because like once you get on YouTube, it's almost like a black hole. Like, yeah. who's going <laughs> to... Yeah, yeah, where am I going? Next thing you know, it's like Mickey Mouse and a camera. And you're like, wait, what, <laughs> what did I stumble on? And why is Mickey Mouse wearing a thong? <laughs> it's, it's just wild. So, but yeah, like you say, every person you speak to has like some really good tips. And yeah. you, you take a bit from everybody and 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 yeah, get to totally. where you want to go absolutely well thanks so much Del for coming online I was so delighted to chat absolutely. with you yeah, uh, you, sure. you have a wonderful me. voice and you speak of interesting stuff and uh, <laughs> and, I, and I hope that uh, our paths cross once again and we could shoot something fun um, but yeah how absolutely. cold is it out there right now uh, it's not bad it's I don't know maybe around zero minus five so it's pretty oh. mild you know that yeah. on, now that I live on the West Coast, uh, people in BC are like, it's minus five, it's freezing. And when, <laughs> whether it was people on the East Coast, it's like, uh, that's uh, nothing. We do minus 45. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't feel your nostril, if you can, can't feel your nostril hairs, it's not cold. <laughs> it's so true. Well, thanks for All being... All right, we'll keep shooting, and uh, I have a fun little quote for you that kind of reminded yes. me of the photography. So this is by the happiest happiness scientist, yeah. and it goes, One morning, Winnie the Pooh and Piglet are talking about what they enjoy most in the world, and although Winnie is a big fan of eating honey, there's a moment just before he begins to eat that is better than eating itself. But he's not sure what that is. And it so reminds me of that moment right before I hit that <laughs> that button on my camera. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's not, you know, yeah. it's that moment of happiness. So yeah, yes. keep shooting and let's Thank keep spreading the photography uh, vibes. For me, I think and I, in, in the same way that you've just, uh, I'm not, I don't know, personified it, is, is that... Uh, it creates so much happiness for me because of the memory that I'm creating in that instant. And so when I'm capturing the moment, I'm just so happy because I'm capturing something that in my eyes is special, fun, or cool. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a happiness uh, trigger. It's, well, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, Thank well, you, Winnie the Pooh. Have a <laughs> yeah. Soon. We will. And let's do this again, please. Sounds good. Awesome. Take care, Delvina. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Delvina and Matthew, for coming on board uh, today. You know, uh, chatting with everybody and friends and acquaintances about things uh, we love to do and giving you guys a glimpse into how you can have a life extraordinary in your own way, uh, I think is, is quite special. So 
really, really delighted for today's uh, episode. And uh, please do go follow my other series uh, that I just started, my other show, um, which right now is called Perspectives. Uh, it might change, but that one are, is like five to ten minute interviews of interesting people in my travels. And today I interviewed the beach vendor that sold me two flying uh, parachute Spider-Man and Batman for my kids to play with. And I asked him things about how much he makes and how long he's been doing this for, who he has to support, how long his days are. So uh, go take a, a listen to that. And again, thank you, everybody. And don't forget to follow that uh, series as well. And uh, thank you, Del. Thank you, Matthew. And uh, good night. Till the next time, Expeditioner out.